All right. Well, I'm excited to be here. Live, live at HR. So it, it's, it's always fun. I, I love these weekends. Um, I always get people saying that we don't do them often enough, but you know what? To keep them every quarter or so actually uh, gives appreciation for everybody for, for these weekends. And so uh, it is just an honor. And, and I, I, like I said, I just love being here live with you guys and, um, and just sharing with you. I will tell you this, as, as many of you know, that on Father's Day, Pastor John kind of told everybody that he encouraged the teaching team and actually gave a little incentive to try to keep our messages for the summer at 30 minutes. I'm just letting you know, not going to happen. Okay, so, um, sorry. At 30 minutes, if you'd like to get up and walk out, I, I understand. Um, but I, I've tried. <laughs> I haven't been able to do it. So, <laughs> Uh, we'll just go from there. But uh, I, an interesting thing happens when I actually get to speak at the campus um, that's different than when I speak over at Lone Tree for all of the campuses, and that is this. Uh, I just, there's just a confidence that I have um, that, that kind of comes in, into my heart and my spirit um, for speaking here. And I think uh, for a couple reasons, I think it's because you guys always make me just feel so welcome, and, and I just feel comfortable with, well, you're my my church. You're my peeps, and I feel comfortable with that. Um, but I got to thinking about that. In that confidence, you can kind of get overconfident, and I don't want anything that I communicate to come out of, out of my flesh and on my own doing. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right now, like I always do. I'm going to just pray, because I want God to speak through me directly to you. And as I always do, uh, as I'm praying that God would use me, would you open your heart and your mind and your spirit to receiving from what uh, the Lord has for you, because uh, I believe that God wants to touch your heart and touch your life today as well. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Um, Lord, it is, it is all about you, and that's why we are gathered here today, and I pray that everybody would be encouraged by uh, the words that you communicate through me. Lord, may I decrease and you increase in me, and that I pray uh, right now that this morning anything that I speak would be led by your Holy Spirit and only uh, the Holy Spirit, anything that would not be of you, God, I pray that I would forget it before it even comes out of my mouth. Lord, I pray that as I communicate those words, that you would penetrate into the hearts of every single person in here. As I often pray, Lord, we didn't come to hear just another speech, God, but we came here today to be changed by you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would change us, that you would um, do something supernatural in this place through this, uh, not only this message, but the worship time uh, afterwards, I pray that something supernatural would take place, and not in just one or two lives, but in every person that is here. God, it is amazing to me that you can speak to hundreds of people all at the same time, but Lord, you quite clearly can do that, and we pray that you would do that this morning. We pray these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, um, this is Campus Pastor Weekend, so all of the campus pastors are preaching uh, live at their prospective campuses. Uh, but one of the things that we do is we come together and we uh, kind of say, okay, what is, what is the message that we're going to teach? Um, because obviously, uh, with four different speakers, you, you can imagine we could probably get some pretty different messages in the middle of that. Uh, but our prayer this time was that the unity uh, of this series destinations and of this message in particular would, would just be right on. And I think probably out of all the messages we've done, we just had this um, unifying heart that as we prepared for this, and the notes came super easy to us. And I actually got to listen to Pastor Marcus give his message over at Lone Tree, and I was amazed at, at how similar um, he kind of, the direction he went with the notes that we had as, as I'm going. And I, th I think that God has a, a great word for you. Here's, here's one of the struggles I had in preparing it. We just got done with a series called the pits, um, and you know, the pits in our lives. And so it can kind of be similar to turbulence in, in regards to some of the things we face. But how about this? Um, you can never actually hear a message like this too often uh, to be reminded uh, of the things that we go through. And so we're talking uh, about turbulence this weekend. And so just a quick show of hands. How many of you have ever experienced on a plane or any other form of travel a form of turbulence? Okay, how many in your spiritual walk have experienced some form of turbulence. All right, great. I, uh, I looked through. I didn't see anybody that didn't have their hand up, but if you didn't raise your hand, get with me afterwards because I want to find out how you're living life uh, where there's no turbulence. Uh, but the starting scripture for all of us this weekend 
uh, and it's one of everybody's favorite memor- memory verses, and I realize you guys don't have notes uh, because this particular week, as we went to go print our notes, or print the notes out, our printer decided to get turbulent on us, and uh, we were unable to actually get those. So um, here is the one that we all like to memorize, and it's John 16, 33, and it's Jesus speaking, and this is what he says. In this world, you will have trouble. Amen. Right? I mean, that's one of those that we're just so excited to read and, and can't wait to get up in the morning and open your Bible and go, I'm going to memorize this. Here's the good news. Jesus spoke these words. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart or fear not, for I have overcome the world. All right? And the truth of the matter is this. We all experience turbulence in our life. There's not a single person that doesn't run across uh, rough patches in their walk uh, with God and in just living life, period. Uh, last week I shared just some of the turbulent things that happened when we went to go lake, up to Lake McConaughey uh, on our camping, traf- or camping trip uh, with flat tires and sunken jet skis and stuck cars. And I, I mean, even when you're going to have fun, you can have turbulence in the middle of that. And so what we decided to do is do a little due diligence on our part. And so we asked some pilots in our church, what do you do when you face turbulence? And they gave us all kinds of great responses. And to, uh, to our surprise, well, I guess not to our surprise, but a lot of them had the same similar things to say. And so we actually structured the three points of, of this weekend's message based on kind of what they gave to us and how they handled turbulence. But I want to start with this. Um, one of the pilots that I spoke to actually said something like this. If we take off, go through our flight plan, and land at our destination, and don't have some turbulence or some kind of uh, issue that comes up, we are surprised. And I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty insightful. In other words, when they get into their aircraft and they take off and throughout the process of their flight, they are expecting some bumps in the road. And I thought, well, isn't that how we should face our walk with God? But see, the truth is, a lot of people come to the relationship with the Lord And they think that because they've entered into that relationship, that everything's going to get real smooth and that they're not going to have any issues in this life. And then they get mad at God when there's bumps in the road. Because I entered in relationship with God, and so therefore there shouldn't be any issues. And church, I'm just here to tell you, if you've walked with the Lord any length of of time, you'll recognize that the words that Jesus spoke are very true. In this life, you will have trouble. And so... I wonder, and I thought it very poignant, point, point, never mind. it was good for me, <laughs> poignant, to actually bring to your attention, you're going to have troubles. As a matter of fact, every single day you get up and, and you spend a little quiet time with the Lord, uh, don't go, hey, I spent a quiet time with the Lord today, so my day is going to be perfect. It should be, I spent a little time with the Lord today, and now I'm ready for whatever bumps and turbulence may come today. Does that, does that make sense? All right, so the pilots, what did they tell us? Well, they actually told us uh, basically three main, main points. And the first point that they told us was this. When they experience turbulence, the first thing they do is they begin to make adjustments. Uh, they head into this turbulent or this bumpy air, and as soon as they do that, they begin to make adjustments. And uh, some of the adjustments they make, they will change their altitude, Okay, they'll either uh, go higher or lower. Another thing they will do is they will adjust their speed. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. And then uh, a third thing that they all mentioned that they do is that if possible, and I want you to hear this, if possible to still get to this destination they're going for, if possible, they will change their course. One of the pilots said that especially in wintertime, if they hit a rough patch, they will try to steer around that and go and and change their entire uh, flight plan as long as they have enough fuel and and resource to actually make it to the original destination. Okay, so let's talk about this. Making adjustments. 
altitude. Obviously, in our spiritual walk with God, when you hit a rough patch, when you hit a turbulent time, you can't change necessarily your altitude. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'll just go down like this, and then everything will get better. Uh, it, that, that, that doesn't make sense. Um, but what we felt like, uh, very, very strong in correlation to altitude when flying a plane, is your attitude when you're going through turbulence in your life. What do you do? How do you respond when you hit a rough patch in your walk with the Lord or just a rough patch in life? Because you've, I'm sure you've all heard it said, but the truth is this, your attitude will determine your altitude. Your attitude will determine how you navigate and how you ultimately go through a turbulent situation in your life. And so I want to just share a couple brief stories uh, from my personal uh, life with my kids and my family um, in regards to flying on a plane with turbulence. I will never forget this. Um, it was at the point in my kids' lives when they understood that they were on a plane. They had flown before as babies and that kind of thing. But I want to say Alyssa was four, Andrew was six. We were going to go on a family vacation, and they were super excited. And we got on the plane, and they understood for the first time, we're on a plane, and we're going to fly in the air. And, and they were, we just had a great time. And we got to our, our vacation destination, no problem. I had a great uh, great time. We're flying back, and if you have flown at all, you know that coming into Denver can be one of the most turbulent places to land uh, in the country. Uh, just with the winds coming off the mountains, I, I don't think I've ever been on a flight where the plane doesn't jump up and, down, up and down a little bit. Well, on this particular flight, and see if you can relate to this, the plane is coming along, and we hit a, a, a little turbulent patch of air, and the plane did one of these things. You know the kind where your stomach goes up in your throat. So I look around and, and I look to see uh, how people are responding. And people are, I mean, just, I mean, you know, just the, the clenching of fear and all of that. And then I looked over at my kids to see uh, how they were responding. And both of them, both of them, okay, <laughs> smiles on their face like this was the greatest thing that ever happened in life. Okay, now the Word of God says that we are to enter the kingdom of God like a little child, right? Okay, well, now get this. I look over at Alyssa and I go, you okay? And she goes, Daddy, that tickled my butt. <laughs> now, she's super embarrassed that I use that in this message, so do not say anything to her about that. Um, but that's how, that's how she explained that feeling. She, she didn't know what to say. She's a little girl. She's like, Daddy, that tickled my butt. And so, um, and then she goes, can we do it again? Now, Think about that. Your attitude determines your altitude, and here we are in a plane um, that, you know, obviously, if it goes, something goes wrong, uh, y'all die. And so, um, and she goes, let's do it again. You know, James, in the first chapter of James, says this, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kind. How are you doing with that? Consider it pure joy now, I'm not saying that you should be like my daughter and go, can we do it again? But in the middle of a turbulent time, what is your attitude? When that guy cuts you off on the road, not even nervous laughter, wow. Um, how do you respond? What is your attitude to that? Because the truth is, as Jesus said, we are all going to face turbulent times. So what is your attitude going to be? There's another um, example of, of this that I want to share, and it, it's all credit to my wife. There's a section of scripture in Luke that says this, Luke 6, 45. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so uh, I, I'm not sure if everybody's aware of this, but Pastor Terry, who is the, the video is, is responsible for all the sets and all of that over at Lone Tree and, and even in the campuses, uh, he actually was my senior pastor when I was a youth pastor in Aiken, South Carolina, when I first got into ministry. And so we were working together, and we were going to this conference, and it was Terry and Brenda, Kim and I, and another couple from the church, and we got in the van, and we were cruising to go to this conference, and in the middle of this trip, this guy cuts us off, and Terry has to make this maneuver, and we're in a van, big high-centered, you know, and I... I, I Every single one of us thought this man was, was, was going over. To be honest, we're still not sure how it didn't go over. But he, I mean, he just had to 
do one of those, yank the steering wheel, and here's what happened. Um, at that moment in time, I said something that I can't repeat in church. <laughs> okay? But my wife, this is what she yells out. Dear Jesus, help us! That was her first response. And I looked at her, and I'll, I'll never forget the fact that she responded that way. And you guys, if you don't know my wife, she's the intercessory prayer pastor at the church, and she has a heart for God, and she spends a lot of time in prayer. And I know that out of her heart, the overflow of her mouth spoke because she spends time in prayer, and she realizes that, hey, we are going to face turbulent times, and she is that ready that when a turbulent time comes, Jesus, help us. And I, and I found myself going, man, I wish I could respond that way. Where am I in, in no condemnation, no guilt, and, and uh, I just remember thinking and admiring, wow, how quickly she was able to call upon the name of the Lord in the middle of a turbulent situation. What is it about human nature that we wait until the last resource to go to God. I try to figure it out on my own, come up with my own strategies. I've got a way, I've got a plan to get out of this turbulent situation. And then about a week later, I realize, oh, hey God, you wanna help me out here? And I just wanna encourage you. What is your attitude when you face a turbulent situation? Have you been in your words so that you can respond out of that rather than in the world and respond out of that? The second thing a pilot does, besides changing their altitude, is they change their speed. Now, here's what's interesting about that. When they changed their speed, they all told us that they slowed down. Okay, this goes totally against my human nature. My motto on Facebook is never hesitate. Simply being, I just don't slow down. If I hit a bumpy road, I speed up. And in a plane, I came to an understanding that if you speed up through that turbulence, it actually makes it worse. What they do is they back off the speed. And I thought, wow, what a great illustration for what we should do in our spiritual walk with God when we face turbulence. Church, slow down. I had somebody come up after the last service and tell me, you know, in the last two months, everything that you preached on has happened. They're going through a, a family circumstance, got somebody in the hospital that's been in there for the last two months, and they came up and said, all of those things are true, especially the slow down part. And, and then he goes, it took us two months to figure out that that's what God wanted us to do. But now that we've done it, we're starting to receive the word of the Lord. There is something powerful that happens when you slow down and you take the time to focus in on God we live in a world that is so fast-paced. I know we joke about it all the time, but you go ask somebody how they're doing, and they'll go, uh, I'm busy. And nine times out of ten, hey, how you doing? I'm busy. Ask them, oh, yeah, what are you busy with? Nothing. <laughs> we just go from thing to thing. We stand at our microwaves. Uh, we tell them to hurry up. Uh, we are just, we are just going and going and going. We live in such a fast-paced life. We go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing that even I, that vacation up in Lake McConaughey was supposed to be this relaxing, restful time. We slept the entire day we got back because we were so wiped out. So many of us live our lives in that pace, and then when we run across turbulence, we think, you know what? We got to go harder. We got to go faster. And what I want to encourage you with is this, slow down. You know, Pastor John, um, for the last couple of years, have, has gone to a pastoral conference in Bethel out in California. And uh, one of the things that he brought back last year uh, that Bill Johnson said was this quote here. And he's talking about the disciples and Jesus. They get in the boat, they're on the Sea of Galilee. And if you guys remember the story, the waves start coming, the wind starts blowing. The disciples actually think the boat is going to sink. And so they're, they, in the chaos, they realize, hey, we got to find Jesus. And so they find Jesus. Guess where Jesus is? He's sleeping in the midst of this storm. And Bill Johnson said this, any storm that you can sleep through 
you own. See, when you slow down and you find out where Jesus is in the middle of that, Jesus will give you peace, he will give you rest, and he will give you the resource and the grace and the ability to go through and overcome any storm that you may face. The interesting thing about reading through that story is that as soon as Jesus got up, rebuked the waves and all of that, it, the very next word is, they were on the shore. They were right there. And they just didn't recognize it. I mean, they were right there from overcoming that storm and to be able to get out and being okay, and they just didn't even recognize it. How many of us go through turbulent times, and you're right there, but you just don't know it? If you slow down and tap into what God has for you, God can give you an understanding of what's taking place and can help you to, to navigate and make those adjustments that you need to make to go through that turbulent time. Another thing they said in making adjustments was this. Alter your course. And once again, I'm going to repeat this. If it's possible to still get to your main destination. See, I think we have a lot of people, and, and I'm talking about people in church, I'm not just talking about people in the world, but people in church, they're cruising along in their life and a turbulent time comes and they go, you know what? I'm going to make an, an alteration. Pastor Dan said, I need to change my course. So I'm going to change my course. But the problem is they change their course away from the destination that God has planned for them. And they get into a place that is not where God wants them to be. It'd be like trying to fly to Denver, but steering and going to Houston. You don't want to be in Houston. Home is in Denver. That's where I'm supposed to land. And so when I say this, if possible, alter your course. I want you to understand you still need to seek God and find out what that destination is. And if it is possible to change course in the middle of that bumpy road, then go ahead and do it as long as you can still get to that destination. I'll give you a great example of this. It comes from our hero. It comes from our role model, and that's Jesus Christ. Let me give you a reminder of, let me set the stage a little bit for this. He's at the Garden of Gethsemane. And the word of God says that he is in such agony that he is literally sweating blood. By the way, physically possible. Physically possible. That's how much agony, though, he is in. Talking, talking, talk about a turbulent time. He knows what's about to happen. And in the middle of this, See if he doesn't try to alter the course here. This is what Jesus says. Abba, Father, everything is possible for you, so take this cup from me. Do you know what Jesus was doing? He was asking his Father, he was asking our Heavenly Father, is there any other way? I have come to this time, it's going to be incredibly turbulent, I can see it already, and I'm asking you, Heavenly Father, is there any other way? Is there another course? Is there another altitude? Is there another speed that I can go to get to the final destination? But here's what's so cool about Jesus. He understood that if there wasn't, he said this, yet not my will, but yours be done. If it's at all possible, if there's another course, if there's another way, let it be known to me, Lord. Tell me, Daddy, if there's another way to go through this. But yet not my will, yours be done. And so as you head into rough patches and, and turbulence, I want you to understand that there may be times where God can actually speak into your life and say, hey, yeah, you know what? Change your, change your attitude or change your speed or change your course and, and you can still get to that destination. And I'm going to talk in a little bit, but there are other times where he says, you know what, you just have to go through this. Okay, so first, the pilots will make adjustments to their flight. The second thing, and it's almost, I mean, all, all three of these things happen, you know, boom, 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 all basically about the same time. But the second thing that they do after uh, they start to make those adjustments is that they will radio the turbulence into air traffic control. All right. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. All comfort. Who's going to comfort you in times of turbulence? God. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves 
have received from God. Now, there's two things that I want you to catch there. When you radio it into air traffic control, the first thing that can take place is that you can get comfort. And the second thing that happens is that once you get through that turbulence, then you can obviously let them know when the turbulence ends. You can radio that into air traffic control to help others that may be coming behind you. And so I'm going to uh, bring out those two points right there. In the church, we are called the body of Christ. We are a family, and we are supposed to get together, and we are supposed to encourage one another, and we are supposed to love one another, and we are supposed to help one another during turbulent times. And so when you find yourself in a rough patch, I want you to understand that the reason the body of Christ is put together, the reason that we have church is so that we can encourage one another in those turbulent times. There is something about human nature, and again, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but there is something about human nature that when we run across rough road in our lives, we like to withdraw. I see this all the time. Spouses will separate from one another in turbulent times. Married couples will separate out of the church individuals will go isolate themselves and they'll guise it under the thing, uh, under the statement, well, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Every time I hear that, you know what I hear? I hear, I've got issues and I don't want people to see them. The enemy loves to isolate people. And there's something about our human nature that we like to withdraw. We don't want to go expose our weaknesses and our blemishes and our dark spots. But the truth is when we hit turbulence, if you will get a hold of this, if you will comprehend this, if you will apply this in your life, it will help you so much to report it. And when I say report it spiritually, I mean bring it to other believers and say, hey, I've hit a rough patch and I need help. I'll give you a great example of this. As a pastor, I get to do a lot of marriage counseling. And I want you to know that I've been married almost 19 years. And in those 19 years, I've had rough patches in my marriage. It's not Kim's fault. It's mostly my fault. <laughs> but the truth is, we have had rough times in our marriage. And when we hit those rough times, uh, one of the things that I have been very intentional about is I'm not going to isolate myself. I'm going to go get help. To be honest with you, much, a lot of times, Kim doesn't like that. How many of you like it when your spouse goes and says, hey, we need help? You know, that, it just doesn't, because human nature says we got to withdraw. We got to figure this out on our own. So I'll go to Pastor John. And sometimes Kim and I will actually go to Pastor John and Chris and say, hey, look, we have hit this rough patch and it's very turbulent in our marriage. Um, have you guys ever experienced this? And without fail, church, now they've been married almost to the day 10 years longer than we have. And without fail, John will say something like this. You know what? About 10 years ago, we went through something very similar, and here's what we did to navigate out of that. And what's amazing is if I'll humble myself and, and Kim and I will begin to apply those things in our marriage, we actually will be able to navigate through that turbulent time with a greater ease than John and Chris even had getting through it. In other words, they took the bumps and bruises, and because we were willing to learn from them, we were able to actually steer around it. Now, the second aspect of this in radio and in, is that pilots will air radio it in so that other pilots behind them can navigate around it and not even ever have to face it. If you go through a turbulent time, and I'm just going to use marriage again, if you and your spouse go through some form of turbulence and you get out on the other side of it and you have a good healthy marriage again, God wants to use you to help others behind you. And so often we get through a turbulent time and we go, okay, the, the road is smooth again and we're just smooth sailing. And so now I'm just going to focus on other things. And we miss an opportunity to actually help other people in the body of Christ. And I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you, use those turbulent times that you have overcome to then find other people that are going through some similar situations and help them navigate through so that they can be uh, so they can have an easier time of that. That's the body of Christ. That's the body of Christ, helping one another out. 
calling those things in. Let me read a couple of scriptures. Actually, let me give you a challenge before I do that even. Here's my question for you. What systems do you have in place to report turbulence in your life? What systems do you have in place to report turbulence in your life? Because here's, here's the truth. If you wait to get into the turbulence, it's gonna be real hard to then establish relationships with people to get help. You have to have those relationships established first so that when you go into that turbulence, you have that foundation to get with those people. Hebrews 10, 24 says this, let us not consider how we, uh, let, uh, sorry, let me, okay. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us encourage one another and all the more as the day is approaching. Church, do you realize the day is approaching? Uh, you read some of the things in the Bible and you see some of the end time stuff. Um, and I'm not, I don't have nearly the time to go into end time stuff. But a lot of the things like one world currency and, and uh, the Antichrist. And I, I, I'm telling you in the last 20 years, they seem to be a lot more uh, available to happen than they did 20 years ago. It seems to be a little bit more of a reality than it was 20 years ago. And I'm not here to profess and say the end is here and here's, this, here's the date is happening. But I will say this, the day is approaching. And the word of God says, as the day approaches, we are to get into relationship more than less. But yet we live in a society that is withdrawing and withdrawing and withdrawing. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. We pull into our garage, we shut the door before we even get out of the car because we don't want to talk to the neighbor. If he's out in his yard, we make sure the door is closed before we get out of the car. We withdraw from people. We, we still have interaction with one another, but we don't even do it face to face. Do you realize that in my own house, if I'm not with my daughter, if I want to talk to her, I have to text her first. I will call her, she won't answer. I'll call her again, she won't answer. I'll text her, please call me. My phone will ring before I can hit send on the text. We live in a world that is getting more and more withdrawn. If we can communicate without actually having to communicate, without actually having to get in one another's uh, lives, one another's faces, hey, all the better. What mechanism, church, do you have to be able to radio these things in? I have a couple guys in my life that I have given full permission. If you see something in my life that is not lining up with the word of God, I, I am demanding from you that you would tell me those things. And they do. And I've got people in my life that if I see them doing things that aren't lining up with the word of God, I'll go and speak that to them because I've got those relationships already developed. Try to go up to somebody in this room and tell them where you think they're missing it with God without establishing that relationship first. It's not going to work. And you may even be right. You may see them heading into a turbulent storm, and you could be absolutely right, and you could come in and say, hey, I want to help you. Joe, I want to help you with an understanding that's coming up, and if you'll just navigate around this, and they'll look at you and say, get out of my life. I don't want to hear this from you. And then they'll go through the turns. Why? Because you didn't establish that relationship. What relationships have you started? Now, I joke in our greeting time, and I say, hey, we're all in one of four personality quadrants, and 25% of us love relationship, but the other 75% either don't like it or it's very uncomfortable for us. The truth is, we were created to have relationship. I don't care what quadrant you're in. You are created to have relationship, and if you don't have healthy relationships in your life, then I'm willing to bet you probably have some pretty negative relationships and those are not going to help you in turbulent times. What mechanism, church, do you have in your life that you can report turbulence to? Both to get help and to help others. God wants us to be in relationship. You know what? We've got jaw groups kicking off again, coming up in the fall. 
We'll be doing it end of August, early September. We've got ministry opportunities in the church. You've got neighborhoods in which you can get involved in relationships. Be, be contradictory to society, church. Be the one that pursues relationship. You know, it does. It takes a lot of work. It does. I get it. And a lot of times people get hurt in relationships. I get it. But keep risking it. Keep taking that because there is nothing like having those relationships. And it will help when you face those times of turbulence. Okay. They make adjustments. They report it. And then finally, they all basically said, sometimes when we hit that turbulent air, there's nothing we can do. And all we can do, and this will be the most favorite point for everybody, and that is this. Sometimes we just have to go through it. Joyce Myers, I actually heard her do a teaching on uh, trials and tribulations in our lives. And she said, you know, sometimes the only way through the trial is to just go through it. You just have to find yourself going right through it. And so we asked the pilots, okay, so when you have to just go through the turbulence, what do you do? And here's, uh, here's basically the response. Trust the manufacturer of the plane. That's what we have to do. We have to trust that Boeing or whoever put this plane together, put it together right, and that we're going to be okay. And I don't know about you, uh, but I've been in air where the plane is just bouncing all over, and I'm looking outside at the wing, and I'm thinking to myself, this is a big metal can, yet the wings are flapping like a bird. And I find myself praying, dear Lord Jesus, hold that wing on. Dear Lord Jesus, hold that wing on. Dear Lord Jesus, hold that wing on. Um, you know, the truth uh, <laughs> of, of their statement is so true with us spiritually. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys, do you trust God? Do you trust God? You know, the Bible says he knows the number of hair on your head. He also says that he will clothe you and he will feed you, that you are not to worry about that, that you are not to be anxious about that, that he cares and he loves for you so much that he knew you before you even knew about life. He knew you um, when you were in your mother's womb. He knew the plans and purposes he has for you. The word of God actually says he has so many plans and purposes for you that if you were to actually think of them, you couldn't even comprehend all the things that he has planned for you. That's how intimately aware of you God is. Do you trust him? Do you trust the manufacturer of your life, the creator of, of your existence? 2 Corinthians um, 1, 10, 13 says that he will never give us a, a temptation or trial. He will never give us one that we can't handle. And then I want to read this section of scripture in 2 Corinthians 1. 8 verses 8 through 10. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffer in the province of Asia. This is Paul speaking about hardships and times that he went through. He says this, we were under great pressure. Have you ever been under great pressure? Then he says this, far beyond our ability to endure. Have you ever gone through something where you felt like, I'm just not going to make it through this? Here's Paul. He's been through there. He's been in that situation. Then he says this. We even despaired our life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. Almost kind of like Elijah. Just kill me now, Lord. I cannot endure this. I cannot go through this uh, turbulence. Just kill me right now. But I want you to hear what Paul says about this. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope. Remember that word hope. Remember that word hope. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. My question to you, church, is do you trust the manufacturer of your life? Because the truth is, and I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little animated about this because it's one of the things that really uh, bugs me about pastoring. I will be sitting in my office and people will come in and they will tell me about a turbulent time that they are going through, that they are facing, and then they will proceed to blame God. 
It'd be like a pilot blaming the plane for the turbulence that it's in. Would be ridiculous. But yet people will come in and they will blame God for the turbulence that they're facing. And yes, God allowed you to go through that, and I'm gonna talk about that in just a minute, but God did not create this turbulence. You're gonna love this one. Guess what? You probably did. Again, human nature, we like to blame other people. Adam said, it's the woman you gave me. Blamed two other people. (laughs) I'm not taking the blame. The woman you gave me. I'm going to get this thing as far away from me as I can. And when people come into my office and they blame God, they are trying to get themselves out of it. And if God was a loving God, he wouldn't let me go through this. You made a bad choice, or even if you are making all the right choices, you have an enemy that hates the destination you're going to, and he's going to stir up the turbulence in your life so that you can't get there. Church, it really bothers me when people come in and blame God. I, I have very rarely ever heard somebody come into my office and say, I'm going through all this turbulence, and I'm so mad at the enemy. Man, I don't know, or, or better yet, I'm so mad at myself for doing this. People go and blame God. And you know what? Here's the thing. It's a lie from the enemy. If there is anybody in here that has ever done that, (laughs) I have, um, I don't want you to feel any condemnation or any guilt, but I want you to realize it's just another lie from the enemy to get you away from God. He doesn't want you pointing yourself to God. He doesn't want you slowing down. He doesn't want you changing your attitude. He wants you to be mad at God. And go ahead, get mad at God. He can handle that. But stop blaming God for your turbulent time. And actually embrace God. Trust your man. You know, when I said, do you trust your manufacturer? You were like, oh, yes. But when you're in it, do you? Do you really trust God? Because That section of scripture says, yes, he will deliver you. So what's your attitude in the situation? Oh, this is good stuff. You're getting the best one. Are you going to trust God? Because here's the truth. If you trust God, let me read a promise for you. Character and hope become established in your life. Now, here's what I believe, and I hope this... here's what I'm going to assume. I'm assuming that you're at church today because you want more character. I'm assuming that you're at church today because you want a better understanding of the hope that you have in Jesus Christ than when you entered these doors. You want to walk out of here with a sharper character. You want to walk out of here with a better, uh, more confident view in the expectancy. That's what hope is, the expectancy of what God has for you. And that's why you came to church, because you want a stronger character and you want a stronger understanding that you know that you know that God is God and that's why you want to be here. That's why you came. Okay, I'm going to read you a section of scripture that you might not like very much, but if you grab a hold of this, man, does it help that character to become what, exactly what you're hoping it to be. And that hope and that understanding of your salvation just grows so strong. Here's what the verse says. It's Romans 5, 3 through 4. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Amen. Let me read that again with turbulence. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our turbulence. Because we know that turbulence produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Church, sometimes the only way to get the character and the hope that you have been praying for for years is to go through this turbulent time. And if you get that, you will have an attitude that completely changes. I totally understand this as a father because I have a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old that I'm in the middle of making the transition from being Moses, the lawgiver, you do this, you do this, you do this, to Jesus saying, you got to figure it out on your own. What would Jesus do? And kind of shaping them and their life. And in the middle of that, I have had to let my son and my daughter make mistakes 
and they go through turbulent times, and those turbulent times develop perseverance in them, and the perseverance develops character, and the character establishes the hope, and I'm seeing them become adults. We have an understanding as parents. As a matter of fact, you would tell me you're not a good parent if you keep rescuing your kid. I let them go through turbulence so that they will establish that character that God wants in them. Guess what? God is going to let you go through turbulent times so that he can sharpen your character. I'm hoping, my heart is, that that'll give you a different perspective about what you're going through right now. And that you will go, you know what? I hated the fact that I'm going through this, but all of a sudden, I'm considering it pure joy. I don't like it. I'm not telling you to be happy about it. But what I'm telling you is to go, you know what? God, I can't wait to get on the other side of this because I'm going to look and be so much more Christ-like than the one I was before it. And guess who gets all glory, honor, and praise? Jesus. But if you navigate out of that, you don't go to the destination that God has called you to. You just find yourself going over and over through the same turbulence. Different area in your life? Oh, do I go here? <laughs> if you always hate your boss and you go from job to job to job, look at yourself. It's the woman you gave me. Stop it. God, show me what I need to go through. Maybe weather the turbulence at that workplace. Go through that and see what happens on the other side. God is trying to develop something in you that you need out of the other side of that turbulent situation. Weather that. Go through it. Sometimes the only way through the turbulence is to go through it. You guys got the best one by far, so I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Wrap up with this. The ability to trust God in the mystery. Listen to this. The ability to trust God in the mystery. What is the mystery? Not having all your questions answered. You know how many of us ask the why question? Why this? Why? You lose a spouse? Why? You lose a child. Why? I do some horrific funerals. Why? 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 That's the mystery. The ability to trust God in the mystery, not having all your questions answered, shows your maturity level in your character. I'll read it one more time. The ability to trust God in the mystery shows your maturity level in your character and your hope. Where are you with that? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And as they do, I want you to keep your eyes focused on me. Don't be distracted at them coming up. But I want to close with this and conclude with this thought. Church, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you're going through a turbulent time or just smooth road. I don't know where you're at. I do know there's a lot of people going through a lot of turbulent times right now. My question to you is this. Will you still worship God? Will you still worship God? Listen to this thought. Look at me when I say this and listen and hear. Apply this in your spirit. There will never, church, there will never be another opportunity for you to worship God in a circumstance like this than right now. It's Sunday morning, it's 12, 11, and you will never have this opportunity to worship God again in the circumstances that you're in. Joshua 24, verse 15. He, let me set the stage. He is telling the Israelites of all the things that God had done for, for them. He pulled you out of slavery. We saw the Red Sea open. We walked across on dry land. The Egyptians got crushed by that. We lived in the desert for 40 years and he fed us every single day. Our clothes and our shoes never wore out. 
He took us into the promised land and we defeated the giants. Remember the spies said they were giants. We defeated the giants with incredible ease. And he's telling the Israelites all this. And then he says this in Joshua 24, 15. He says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. I get it. Going through a turbulent time doesn't make it easy to worship God. When my son was on the hospital bed and we didn't know if he was going to make it or not, whether he was going to live or whether he was going to die, this happened to us four years ago, we had a choice to make. Joshua said, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are in, that you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And I'm just telling you, church, in the middle of that trial and that turbulence, Kim and I said, as for me and our house, we will serve the Lord. Will you do that in your trial? Will you do that in your turbulence? Church, once again, there is never going to be another opportunity like right now to worship God in whatever you're going through. And if you say, Pastor Dan, my life is going pretty smooth, then I fully expect you to take your seatbelt off this morning and worship God in gratefulness and thankfulness and say, hallelujah, I'm going through God a life right now and it's good. It's good, it's smooth sailing. And lead those that are going through turbulent times to a place because there is something supernatural that happens when a corporate body of people get together and worship God. When people enter in, it pulls other people into him. Help those that are going through a trial and tribulation to go to the throne room right now. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you have given us this moment and space and time to worship you. God, no matter what the circumstance and no matter what the trial that we are facing, you have given us the ability to right now worship you and, and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No matter what it is that we are going through, God, we make a commitment to you to say we trust the manufacturer of our lives. We trust in you and we know that you are faithful to deliver us. And so, Lord, for those people in this room this morning that are going through turbulent times, I pray that you would just stir up the faith in their heart and the trust and the belief in you to just worship you right now like maybe never, like they've never done before. God, we enter into this time of worship and we just dedicate it to you. And God, we repent for all of the times where we've blamed you and not worshiped you because you are a good God, Lord. Even in the middle of chaos, you are still good and worthy of all our honor, all our worship, and all our praise. And so we come to you this morning and we thank you that we can worship. In your name, amen.